Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. And this episode of the Four Center podcast feed is the Clone Wars Report. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Powerful drums followed by a little thoughtful. What instrument did you use uh, when you were making that sound with your mouth? What instrument was it? That- I call it the Kubrick because I'm. <laughs> uh, Kubrick, straight from Ken's mouth to welcome you all to the Clone Wars Report. We love not only hearing the music, uh, our 15 second version of the podcast is just what music does Ken make this episode, yeah, but yeah. the whole podcast is diving into individual episodes and arcs of the great clone wars animated series we are burning through season one we're getting close to the end in this episode we're looking at one standalone episode it is called trespass it is from season one it is episode 15 it is written by stephen melching directed by brian kalen o'connell that's a good name isn't it yeah that's um same you don't hear much around the uh, clone wars parts i love i love that's been part of this too i've just seen who wrote a lot of these episodes I don't mean this is any slight against Filoni. He's just becomes the focal point. He's the man of the cowboy hat. I get it. Uh, but I think Henry Gilroy is just as important to a lot of the formation of the Clone Wars. And there's so many people. And Filoni would say that. He'd be the first to say that. Um, so this has been part of the journey of, of going through and seeing uh, seeing the names behind the, the show. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely just, it's a part of, you know, uh, looking at creative works when there isn't a single person responsible for them. And yeah, Filoni has become the symbol, uh, but he is the first to say like, hey, yeah, Henry Gilroy and Stephen Melching uh, appears in the credits quite a bit. Lots of other great people, Mm -hmm. Katie Lucas, uh, all sorts of great uh, creators contributed to it. And that's great for us to remember that the cowboy hat of Clone Wars creation is larger than (laughs) just Dave Filoni. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's uh, dive into Trespass. Here's a quick summary. Obi-Wan and Anakin travel to the remote ice world of Orto Platunia after a clone outpost is attacked. They are accompanied by the leader of Pantora, Chairman Cho, and the Pantoran senator, Chuchi. Chairman Cho believes the planet to be unoccupied and therefore can be claimed by the nearby moon of Pantora and indeed has been claimed. Uh, the attacks on both the Republic and Separatist outpost occurred after the droids attacked the native Tulls. Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Chairman Cho, uh, or uh, uh, actually, uh, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Senator Chuchi strive for a peaceful diplomatic solution, but stubborn Chairman Cho wants the ice world for Pantora and seeks to wipe out the Tulls. 
unfortunate violence, emergency hollow calls, and non-Jedi intervention ensue. Great episode. Great title. What was your overall reaction, Ken? Did you like it, love it, struggle with it? Where were you at on Trespass? I first of all, I just your uh, your that was that was that was one of your best summaries. That was just a great because <laughs> I tell you, this is a this is a kind of a standalone episode in a way, right? And you've just described a pretty epic story and movie, right? This is some big stuff going <laughs> on, and I love this. No, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm there for it. Uh, great stuff. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, uh, so you like this episode? Is this get to yeah. your love category, or where are you at? I would, uh, yeah. I so so my initial when when this when this episode popped up, and I had I didn't even look at the thumbnail. I was like, uh, episode fifteen, trespass. Okay, and it comes up this morning uh, when I'm watching it, and uh, I go, oh, it's the the Anakin and the Han jacket episode. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so it has a warm spot in my heart. But I think. Uh, and true to what we've been discussing a lot of these, uh, you know, this rewatch report to really drill down on it. I really loved what's here in this episode. I think it's pretty big, uh, pretty big statements uh, on Star Wars, on the Star Wars story. So I loved it. But back then, I, I, I think I, I liked it and I liked a lot of the characters, um, but uh, I didn't uh, it, it didn't stand out other than the jacket. Uh, the Anakin <laughs> jacket, but uh, today, uh, so glad to revisit it because I really do love what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. When I first saw it, I really enjoyed all of the um, Hoth jackets, but in Clone Era, all the yeah. various uh, Hoth looks, uh, all the snow looks, but uh, reinterpreted for the Clone Wars. And I was like, it's a bunch of mooftacks. <laughs> like, this is great. Uh, and I did enjoy the surface stuff. And I enjoyed the surface stuff again. And I think I appreciated the themes. But again, diving deep, this doesn't feel like a standalone episode. It feels like uh, another view on some of the important uh ideas of the Clone Wars era that are being uh, discussed in this first season. So I would definitely, uh, for this viewing, slot this into a, a high like, dancing on the edge of love, but a high like. Um, I I really liked that it was just so physically beautiful, right? All right. Dancing on the edge of love. That is a great, great Bruce Hornsby <laughs> song, right? I think uh, <laughs> We should right. put a spot list, uh, play, Spotify playlist <laughs> together. Yeah. Of imaginary songs. Imaginary yeah, I just I love how much this episode is just really physically beautiful with the mm -hmm. snow and the shots of the the talls riding their narglatches. It's all just looks amazing. Uh, and then I feel like from all of these episodes in the first season, or rather a lot of them, are different views on violence in war. And this is a really great view of truly pointless violence. That pointless mm -hmm. violence happens. It happens easily. And then kind of just in this episode, working through how do you break that cycle of violence, uh, even when it's not really, there's no, that's not a large point to it. Uh, plus, the other thing I, I liked about this episode that I would not have been able to tell you before I rewatched it, I don't think there's a single lightsaber activation. And I, I think of this like you do as like, that's the Anakin's uh, wearing Han's jacket. And Obi-Wan's got the cool Hoth jacket. And then I would have never remembered. They don't actually ever activate their lightsabers. That's a great point. Oh, yeah. Wow. I didn't, pick, but uh, so, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that either. And just shows you, you know, how engaging the story was. Yeah. Which is just, it's kind of a powerful uh, part of the episode uh, to me, a subtle thing, but a, but a powerful thing. Uh, let's talk about the moral. The moral is 
Real short, real clear this time around for this episode. Arrogance diminishes wisdom. How did that land with you? Uh, yeah, you're right. You're like, you're like, oh boy. But I, I love taking what you think of when you hear a word. Maybe it's because I have uh, a limited vocabulary these days. I didn't used to. That I worked a, in a job that didn't require a lot of words to be used. Uh, and I lost a lot of them. I swear to God, I had this conversation with my friend who worked the job with me a lot. And I've, I've mentioned it before here. But so when you hear arrogance, I tie that to overconfidence, right? Mm -hmm. Fine line between arrogance and confidence and self-confidence. And I think, you know, I think self-confidence is important. I think knowing what you're capable uh, and knowing what you're worth is important. And arrogance pushes a lot of things beyond that. But so I want to go beyond that. I, I, I see arrogance a lot of time being a, 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 a shield to a greater fear mm. and having it has uh, arrogance can be tied to lack of growth, stubbornness, which you mentioned already, uh, fear of losing control over what you think, you know, and I suffer from it too. I, 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 I sometimes wish I was more of an arrogant person. I'm sometimes so self-loathing to my own, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Of just, there is a little bit of, it isn't, I'm so good at hitting a baseball right now. This is the other way. It's like, Oh, you're presenting me some facts or a situation where I could maybe change, grow, or or go against what I do. <laughs> no, I don't need you for nothing. I got this. <laughs> I'm 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 good. You know, it's, that that's the arrogance that's on display here for me, and I just love kind of seeing how it it takes a, a definition and, and expands it. Yeah, yeah, I love how simple and direct it is. That it asks you to think about what arrogance really is. Uh, I think you're entirely right to contrast it with confidence uh, and then says it diminishes wisdom. So like yeah, arrogance is one of those words of like, yeah, we, we all know that's a bad word. <laughs> that's a yeah. word, uh, not a, not a swear word. You can say it on TV and everything, mm -hmm. but it, you know, that arrogance itself is a bad thing, but then to get to the why of it so quickly, if it diminishes wisdom, obviously the episode plays that out, but I love what you're saying about confidence is great confidence is necessary and what makes arrogance different from confidence it's coming it's like dark confidence right it's being absolutely <laughs> sure you're right uh yeah. and i love what you said about uh arrogance often being uh i want to be right so i will not even uh entertain the possibility that i could be wrong that's where you know arrogance comes in or what you're saying too of like i think when people uh, are arrogant it is coming from a place of fear um and when i think through like my own life i think moments where i felt confident and it feels like a good thing like you know confidence light side arrogance the dark side when i think of confidence it's i have been sure that i can do something and it is about me in the times that i've been arrogant have been a little bit more outward directed of somebody will say something and it will be like maybe about something a, a, a field that I've spent a lot of time in and I <laughs> I want to be right because I've spent so much time there <laughs> and I will yeah. arrogantly say no I know that and then I don't and it is mm. or I was wrong in that one instance and it, it like you're saying it, it is arrogance comes from fear and control and confidence comes from just I think trusting yourself yeah and, and that trust is key and, and, and the idea to me we all can have flashes of arrogance i always sometimes say i'm, I'm grumpy luke on an island and and sometimes it's just me being a bit, bit blustery because i have some strong opinions on something and i feel that in my darker times like well that was kind of an arrogant outlashing you can change you can grow past the arrogance if you're aware of it uh or you can stand stubborn behind it yeah 
And there's a lot of stubborn standing in this episode. That was <laughs> almost the entire episode uh, of the, the arrogance diminishing the wisdom. So let's dive into that. What big themes uh, did you think were at stake? What ideas? Oh, I, <laughs> I have to scroll my notes down because I, I just said, I guess at stake was the Anakin in a Han jacket. Oh, wait, I already said that note. Um, <laughs> no, we're not done. We're going to spend most of the podcast on that Han jacket because it's pretty damn good. Yeah. And there's a figure of it, right? We've ranked that before. Yeah. And, and you included it. it high, I believe. Yeah. I, I don't own it yet. I got to get that. So, all right, what's the big theme? What ideas are at stake? I'll tell you what's at stake. Lives are at stake. And the <laughs> idea is the lives not being at stake. I, I, or, yeah, that's this episode. I was kind of upset, uh, like moved, like upset, kind of like, oh, distraught over the needless death of the clones and the talls and the nargatches. Narglatches? Gatches. Nargatches. Uh, yeah, I got this written down. The narglatches. Narglatches. Yes. Uh, if you can't remember, just uh, think of the way Jerry Lewis would more likely say it. Narglatch. Um, yes, there's one. There's one that gets shot. Several get shot. There's one that gets shot, and they had they added a whimper of a dying animal. Oh God, it upset me. Yeah. So the theme of this is is look where this can. None of this needed to happen. You know, uh, none of it for this little kind of. Let's we got the Clone War going on. Let's break it down to the small level. And what's at stake is 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 these kind of arrogance and these kind of actions are killing people here, and they can affect tenfold those lives in the galaxy to me that was the one first big thing was at stake yeah yeah no i'm right there with you and i I love it that that's the focus of this episode because we've seen other episodes where like oh the separatists have this malevolence this terrible weapon and the jedi are truly trying to stop it or you know ryloth has become a focal point of the war and they need to try to defend there and that's not what's happening here uh and it made me really think that this episode was definitely you know Arrogance, obviously, Chairman Cho is arrogance, uh, and he is, because of that, he's far from wisdom. That's really clear uh, moral of the episode. But I was really gravitating towards this thematic idea of breaking the cycle of violence, and in particular, pointless violence, uh, because we have this starting point in the episode that the whole thing is really pointless. We get that from great Tom Kane announcer voice that, you know, the Republic and the Separatists are having like a literal cold war there for no obvious strategic reason. They're both just have a tiny base to literally stare at one another. It's a literal cold war on mm-hmm. a frozen planet where they're just staring at each other just in case. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we start in, even in the voiceover with this is pointless. This is just fear and paranoia. It's just one side staring at the other just in case. Uh, and then, you know, we learn that chairman Cho through all of these uh, various kind of rigid uh, political rules, uh, thinks that the planet uh, belongs to uh, the great Pantoran government. And I kept I keep waiting for the dime to drop in the episode of like, oh, he secretly knows that there's this valuable mineral or he knows that the separatists are secretly blah, blah, blah. And you come to find that he truly just wants the planet out of like nationalistic pride of Pantora, uh, out of fear of being seen to be weak and losing it, out of the uh, paranoia that the planet will eventually become strategically important. He's got that uh, line to uh, to Senator Chucci where he says, I've seen a hundred planets rise and fall through force of arms. So you really get the suggestion almost that he has seen battle enough that he's just stuck in that mode, that battle will come here, so I must control this. Uh, 
And then, of mm-hmm. course, there's just the uh, horrible attitude towards the tolls being uncivilized and savages mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, but, you know, we're starting from this point of like, this is not an important place, uh, but Cho is obsessed with it uh, mm-hmm. out of a little bit of kind of fear of war. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody might tra- take it. So <laughs> I, I got to hold on to it because it's mine. And then that's all of that sort of that cycle of violence starts to kind of uh, repeat in the episode where um, right away, Obi-Wan stops Anakin from reaching for his lightsaber. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, try to have uh, negotiations. They understand that the Talls were attacked by the droids. And so the Talls lashed out. And instead of perpetuating the cycle, both Obi-Wan and Anakin are like, you know what? We don't need to. We understand why. You know, we could be mad that you, Anakin in particular, could be like, you slaughtered clones. Uh, the lightsaber's coming out. But he listens, uh, you know, to his higher angels. He takes the higher path and he breaks that cycle. Uh, and we even get this with uh, Thysen, son of sons, leader of the uh, Talls, uh, where he is willing to stop the aggression. And he asks twice, two different times, for Chairman Joe <laughs> to just leave before war begins. Mm. Uh, and Chairman Cho just won't listen. So we get this cycle of violence repeating and repeating until ultimately uh, Senator Chuchi is, you know, empowered by the Pantoran government and the Jedi to make her choice. And she, that end scene between her and Thai Sen is her really making the choice to stop the cycle of violence and to take that risk that he won't agree to it. Now, after, as you were saying, all these clones and all these talls and these poor Narglatches have all kind of died over nothing but chose arrogance and pride and fear uh, and possessiveness. And then to see uh, Chuchi walk out there and go, this is how you do it. This is how you break the cycle. I don't hmm. think we need to fight. I think that this is your planet and you should have it. And I'm putting any weapon down. I'm kind of symbolizing putting that aggression of the past down by, you know, using your tradition and putting the spike with the hat. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. Here's the other guy. His ideas are done and let's stop. And then they really emphasize that by that great shot of Thysen pulling that spear back. And, you know, Chuchi Mm -hmm. took that big risk. That spear could have gone right through her heart, but she broke Mm -hmm. the cycle of violence. And so does Thysen. And, And to me, it was just like, wow, some of it's really straightforward. But when I looked at it through that, that lens of the cycle, and how do you break it? I was really moved. Yeah, ooh, great stuff. Uh, Four Center, well said. Uh, there's a lot in there uh, that you said that I, that I want to touch upon here. First of all, they're going back to the original idea of arrogance, and there's some great stuff you said about Chairman Chow, where there is a there is a, a bit of experience and knowledge that he has that maybe doesn't start in a in a in an incorrect spot, but you can see where arrogance just just takes that and twists it. Right? Yeah, there's probably there's probably something he's seen and probably some thought of if we don't do claim this, the separatists could come here. In fact, they're already, you know, there's some point where you could have that discussion and go, yep, yep, yep. I see what you're saying. But then the arrogance just kind of wipes that wisdom away, going back to the original goal. Um, I'd love to get the towels. When we, you know, a lot of unnecessary death here. I'll say this. I think the towels and uh, the, the, the towels going uh, going to, to this fight is there's some honor on their side. You want to talk about they, they are to me they are defending their people, um, and there's some interesting conversations to be had there. But which is why it's even more important that they, uh, 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 Thysen breaks that cycle. Like you said, it's pretty powerful in that moment there. Uh, uh, Senator uh, Ryo Chuchi's line at the end there: "To die for one's people is great sacrifice. Is a great sacrifice to live for one's people an even greater sacrifice." 
I really focus in on that too. And I think it's about something what you said, uh, some stuff you say in there, Joseph, about breaking this stuff. Uh, this, what I was thinking, what is the sacrifice that she's talking about for her? And it might be sacrifice of procedures, uh, rules, regulations, what we believe from a textbook point of view, um, or, you know, uh, you know, standing down and, and maybe eating some, eating some crow here, you know, having to admit mistakes. There's a lot of, lot of things that, uh, I, I put into that second use of the sacrifice in her sentence there. And I love, I love thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. And, and to me, I really just kind of took that as this bigger idea of like, uh, look, uh, taking the high road and, you know, admitting that you failed, admitting that you made a mistake, uh, in these really difficult, uh, times trying to thread the needle and know what is right. All of that is complex and difficult. And to have all this responsibility on my shoulders as a leader, that's, that's the true sacrifice, not just rigidly going, you're the bad guys. I will kill you. Oh, you killed me. Avenge me. And like his, his thinking is so linear and what I think what she is saying is like, it's the greater sacrifice to give to your people to try to handle all these complex issues and find the right way. Yeah. And, and complex indeed. And, and, and there's no clear cut paths all the time. You know what I mean? And, and, and that goes beyond just this episode. Some of the stuff that you're saying taps into what I also think is a bit of a theme or an idea that is at stake is, is something that comes up. And I've, I think I've mentioned this a few times uh, and it's based in some real, real world conversations I've had with some uh, a real close friend of mine too out here in LA and everything, but just the false ideas of strength. And there's a moment there where Cho uh, says, "Senator, I'm willing to fight and die for our people." Which, by the way, is in an, in itself, in and of itself, that's a good thing. I'd say it's time to ask yourself if you're brave enough to do the same. And there's not a lot of true courage that he's showing here right now. There's stubbornness, perhaps even stupidity. Um, that's going on from him. And I, I, you know, I don't want to completely insult Cho. She gives him a little bit of, of honor yeah, to die for one's people. That's a great sacrifice. All right. So he did, he did, but he didn't have to. No. And it's misplaced bravery for me. Yeah. Uh, it's misplaced. It's it, it, like I said, it's a false idea of what true strength is. And sometimes it is standing at the gate and guarding and, and fighting and everything. And, and that might be a little bit of uh, what Thyssen and his, his, his team is doing there. But um, anyways, it, it, it ties into that a little bit too for her, her, her thoughts. Yeah. I love what you're saying. And you touched on this earlier too, about like, could there be wisdom? What was at some point uh, in, in his past was it chairman chose, uh, uh, you know, arrogance, was it wisdom? Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, how much of this is because he did have a lot of battles and it's, it's really interesting to think of the episodes we just watched where uh, the Lerman are nobly just trying to stay out of the war, but then the war does come to them. Like mm-hmm. unfair, unwanted separatist destruction is coming for them and their their challenges to, to stand up, you know, and mm-hmm. and defend themselves against this. And so we just saw that episode where you could almost put some of Chairman's lines into that episode and maybe they'd make some sense is wisdom. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, there's nothing happening on this planet. He just wants to control it out of fear and paranoia and pride. And so his wisdom turns into arrogance because he's not actually assessing what's truly going on. It's more about him than it is about the actual situation. And, and that's that's just the kind of rich storytelling about yeah. all these different kinds of battles and conflicts within the Clone Wars that I'm really enjoying. 
Oh, and a lot of this ties to the bigger Star Wars picture of everyone's favorite Yoda quote that I see tossed around a lot of, of, of fear, anger, hate, suffering. Um, and I think that use of fear by Yoda there is misinterpreted a lot. And there's obviously always different. You can, you, you're going to interpret things differently and, and there's maybe different interpretations to be had at times. But for this, he, he uses, Cho uses, if you're brave enough, which to me shows, you know, are you afraid? Are you afraid to do this? And man, like he is everything Cho is doing is coming from fear. He's the fearful one here. Chuchi's the one who's like got to stand up against him, got to stand up against traditions and rules and regulations of her people. And as he said at the very end, stands uh, in front of uh, Thai Sen, uh, ready to either he makes peace or he puts that spirit through my heart. Yeah. Every, every bit of bravery is from her and there's no bravery from him in the classic sense, you know, and I don't want to take him, cut him down as a person. I don't know what he did 20 years ago, but he's here now. And that's, what's important to me. I always yeah. like, we have to deal with where you are now. Yeah, no. And, and now he, he makes, <laughs> he makes a lot of bad choices. Um, you're, uh, you're uh, touching on another big theme that I really appreciated in this episode is just kind of general open mind versus closed mind felt like this great contrast. Um, uh, I love Obi-Wan. This to me is a great Obi-Wan episode uh, because it leans into his strengths of, well, let's just uh, try to see things from every point of view. Let's not get the lightsaber out first. Let's poke around and see what happens. And we really get detective Obi-Wan with an open mind. Who's He's going in there looking for evidence. He is making casts of footprints. He is stroking his beard. He's making no assumptions. He's like total. What is the actual situation? Let's not let's not jump to any conclusions until we know what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we get that, this great contrast uh, with Obi-Wan and, and eventually Senator Chuchi as well, where Chairman Cho is just ignoring all evidence around him so he can see what he expects and wants to see. Like he's got that comfort of, I know the situation, that arrogance of, I know the situation. And even when there's evidence to the contrary, he wants to believe that the separatists did this. And then mm-hmm. once he sees it's the talls, there's no consideration that they mm-hmm. might be an advanced, intelligent, uh, you know, uh, sentient species uh, yeah. with full rights to that planet. They're just, he's just already decided. His mind is closed. No other evidence is going to change his mind. Uh, no interpretation from 3PO. It, it's just period. This is the way it is. So uh, I think between Obi-Wan, I think this is another good episode where Anakin uh, listens uh, to his better judgment and to his noble Jedi side. Uh, as you're saying, uh, Chuchi really stands up and makes brave choices and all those open minds uh even the talls are open-minded it's all in great contrast to chairman cho is just not open to anything different than what his preconceived notions are yeah it's funny i i put a note there too i said the truth is in front of you how you react to it how you choose to deal with it directly affects you and your people and i just put this quote down by chairman impossible he says that a lot he says that attitude a lot <laughs> um yeah, and then use of savages. It's uh, you 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 know, it, it it's it like you said. It just puts. I have a preconceived notion, therefore this is it, uh, and uh, we are going to go. That only leads us to one direction. And yeah, yeah, all there. The truth the truth is in front of you. Yeah, and 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 his just his, all of his you know savage. Uh, you you don't you don't have a right to this place. It's it's ugly. It's really hard, but I think it is uh good good to have to kind of look that in the face in the sort of um, safety of a space fantasy show and and look at, you know, the ugliness of it. 
Um, final theme for me, you you really kind of already touched on is just that idea of what is service to your people with uh, this back and forth of uh, chairman. Again, I think another example of having a closed mind, he's not open to Senator Chuchi knowing more because she's young and naive, I, I think, to him. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, him really thinking, you know, fighting and dying is the the height of service. And uh, I think that quote mm-hmm. that you highlighted of Senator Chuchi saying living for your people is better. Um, and I think there's even just like this little bit of that with, with Thysen, where he tries to say, Hey, look, you know, get off the planet, leave us alone. I asked you twice. (laughs) Now I'm just defending, uh, our home from this guy who said we don't belong here and he's going to wipe us out. Uh, but even right at the end there, when he's charging the clones and his people are fallen, the narglatches are fallen. There's a one shot of him that feels like is he going, is it, is it even worth this? You know? Yeah. And so I think we even get this little flash for Thysen of, you know, what is service to your people and the big one at the end that he's like, yeah, even after I asked you twice <laughs> to leave, uh, and you, your guy threatened genocide and slaughtered me, I'm still going to give you another chance. Uh, Senator mm-hmm. Chuchi, you know? Yeah. High, that's, that's high service to his people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and all those clones dying for nothing is is super, super, super painful uh, mm-hmm. when you think about service to your your government, your cause. Yeah, yeah, it's not need to be. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you pulled in some of this uh, already, but how do you think the themes of this episode reflect a larger story, morality, perspective of Star Wars? I think uh, at the end, uh, what does Obi Wan say uh, to Chuchi? But uh, you know, carry keep keep this piece kind of going. Uh, I'm, I'm, I gosh, this is one note I, I wrote a little notes, not this one. I've just uh, yeah, it'll end this war and then all the wars everywhere in a, in a, in a roundabout sort of way. Yeah, that, it did. It felt yeah. like underlining that sort of that cycle of violence thing of like mm-hmm. almost what uh, we were talking about a little bit on our uh, prophecy of the chosen one of like balance needs to be maintained. Mm-hmm. This cycle uh, of peace needs to be maintained, and and you started well. Let's keep it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and yeah, keep it up. And then uh, this is also kind of a canon lore connection to me, but also the idea, you know, Padme saying in Revenge of the Sith that this war is a, is about a failure to communicate, right? Yeah, uh, and you can see that there, there there it is really highlighted here. This is just, I mean, they you know, three PO plays a big part because we need <laughs> we need better communication. <laughs> Bring the protocol droid. Um, so yeah, I think I think that connects to the big picture of what's going on and part of the Star Wars story. Yeah. Failure to listen. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that's, it's a great 3PO episode. I love that little beat where he's, uh, where Chuchi doesn't know his name. It's just like protocol droid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Anakin's like, you got to go 3PO. <laughs> Cause normally 3PO would be like, do I really need to go into that danger? And Anakin's just so firm is, is fun to me. Um, yeah, for larger storytelling, I really was thinking about the uh, the difficult and uh, attempted uh, path of nobility of the Jedi. I think everything that Senator Chuchi is going through uh, as well, it really reflects that. Um, boy, boy, is it easier to just go, here are all my enemies. Uh, they are my enemies. Anything that bad happened, it's their fault, and uh, it's, it's noble if I fight them. And that's, uh, boy, is that easier if that's your, your life outlook, uh, the way it is uh, for for uh, Chairman Cho. Um, but I really was affected by the Jedi uh, in this episode, once again, really having to wrestle with when to act and when not. They are, you know, the defenders of peace and justice uh, after you fill out a petition, <laughs> yeah. you know, and get the right forms. And it, it just really felt it of Obi-Wan and Anakin. So we're like, they were so in 
uh, sync with one another. They were in sync with uh, the talls, with the situation. They had it handled. But then they were kind of just trapped in all the red tape of, uh, of the government and the Jedi Council. And that really made me think about that balance between you watch a show like this and your emotional reaction can be, well, why don't Obi-Wan and Anakin just, they right there, they know what's best. Why don't they just make it happen? You know, but yeah. then at the same time, would that be arrogance? You know, certainly waiting for hollow calls to, you know, fill out petitions for the Jedi Council to intervene sounds like, uh, they're not willing to get their hands dirty and do anything. But then on the other side, is it a, is it a good balance to say, we shouldn't always be making these decisions for other people. It's your government. This is a Pantoran issue. So we got to step back. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, that fosters some growth uh, for the Pantoran governments all around the galaxy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, the Jedi out in the galaxy, uh, and you, a lot of what you're saying, I'm like, wonder how much you know, we're going to see this in the high Republic too. Just going around helping. Yeah, yeah, if they if they feel a little yeah. bit more uh, untethered. Did you have an emotional yeah. reaction to that when w- things were really dire and, like, a bunch of people were going to die and a war was going to happen and Obi-Wan was like, you could <laughs> petition. <laughs> uh, did you have a visceral reaction to that of, like, Obi-Wan, solve it? Uh, not as much. Uh, I know you study the moves, uh, the sins and, and successes of Obi-Wan, <laughs> uh, which is a great book that you should write. The sins and success. Hello there. The sins and successes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, no, no. Yeah. But it, it, uh, it's, 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 uh, I, you and I've been talking so much about the, the bigger lessons, particularly the sequel trilogy and, and destiny choices and heroes. Uh, I, I do like that. They're kind of like, we're here to, it, it's Qui-Gon. We're, we, we can't fight a war for you. Um, I, I like keep into that. So I don't know. So it didn't, uh, it was more in line to the, the overall thinking for me. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, almost every episode of the Clone Wars, I think it must just have been that Lucas and Filoni and everybody were really interested in, in this real core Star Wars idea of the organic and the flowing versus the rigid and technical. It pops up in a lot of episodes, just visually, um, you know, the Lerman, you know, versus the, you know, defoliator that's going to destroy all organic matter and, all that kind of stuff. But this one, like there was a real callback to the Ewoks where the tolls, you know, in general, a lot of their attacks work because they are one with the environment. Their, you know, uh, technology is kind of a part of the environment and getting those visuals of uh, them riding the Narglatches versus the the clones on their Frico bikes. And then even more combining that with kind of some of the ideas that I was feeling of like, there's these just kind of organic flowing personal interactions happening on the planet but the people on the planet can't just decide this by themselves they're still a part of this more you know rigid political uh red tape and and that's got to be respected too so there's a lot of ideas of organic versus uh, rigid in this to me yeah and, and and there's some uh i think joel aaron who's a visual effects supervisor at ilm if you read the notes of this episode had this great idea of the snow changing along with the kind of the emotions of the story right so that to me becomes very organic. And when uh, at the end, Chuchi, uh, Senator Chuchi is, uh, is flowing with what's going on. Right. And she's uh, uh, connecting with the, the planet and the organic, the snow goes from a harsh sideways storm to a, a light uh, dusting uh, in that one moment. And so it all ties into the organic. To me. Wow. You know, I really, as somebody who grew up in Minnesota and spent some time with some snow, I respect that snow. <laughs> Snow is different. There's lots of different kinds of snow. Uh, 
for me, one other kind of big picture thing that I thought was reflected in this episode is just this general focus in Star Wars often, even when it hasn't had the greatest gender representation, uh, it's pretty consistent that young female leaders are great. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. uh, Rio Chuchi really stepping up and, and absolutely being the hero of the episode and having the great philosophy. She gets, you know, doubted and judged uh, by Cho. Um, Obi-Wan really says, like, it's not, not my responsibility. You, you got to go do it. And she does. And she absolutely uh, kills it. It really connects her to in the same era, you know, of Padme and uh, Brea and Princess Fanry from the Master and Apprentice uh, uh, book. And obviously Leia in Star Wars is our first young female leader who is absolutely great. But it was just really cool to see that theme be so strong and so present. Yeah, and a little tease, actually. Uh, Star Wars ranked this week with uh, Lauren Roma from the Galactic Podcast. We're ranking uh, best uh, female moments in Clone Wars. Uh, and uh, I, I was moved by this one. I, I Chuchi just shot up the list for me. Um, so we're, <laughs> we haven't uh, technically recorded the episode yet, so anything <laughs> anything could happen. And Sunday's Star Wars rank could be best Y-Wing moments. But um, that's what <laughs> we're planning on. Uh, and uh, this, is a, this is a pretty... Just a pretty big moment, uh, and, and a, there are a lot of those in Clone Wars, so I'm glad you brought that up. Excellent. Any more for you, or should we take a break? We can take a break. Excellent. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk more details of Trespass. Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series. Encore presentations of Databank Brawl and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Forcing on YouTube. Check it out. discuss all the fun action comedy canon lore connections of trespass so let's dive into action ken did you have some favorite action moments in this uh, episode that was all about it's sad that violence is happening <laughs> yeah, yeah i was like oh i love that wait a minute no they're, they're, look i'll tell you what rex is pretty darn cool he's got some skills he also is very strong he lifted up chairman uh, chow with like one hand just <laughs> hung him over his back uh, there's some, uh, I loved kind of the, when they circle up for defense, there's a great moment. And like the, the, the bikes come sliding in and like Rex is like right there already. It, it was a good kind of sequence. And then on the other side, the, the talls just riding in those narc latches, like pretty, pretty cool visuals, pretty cool kind of almost medieval warriors uh, riding horses into battle. Um, uh, Dothraki too, in my head, kind of uh, connected with that. So I really liked a lot of those little moments, but I did focus on Rex for all, you know, all the needless death in this. Rex is pretty good at his job. Yeah. And I love that story too, with Rex. It was like, I don't, I don't want to do this, but okay, I'm, I'll protect him. Great. I will protect this guy. That's what uh, uh, my Jedi generals asked me to do. And now a uh, bunch of people are dying. So I got to fire back because they're going to kill us. Is like, yeah. yeah. And, and he did really well with that. Uh, uh, like I said, I love the visuals this episode. I loved all the snow stuff. The the talls popping out of the snow in particular is both a cool visual and a literal nightmare that I have had growing up in Minnesota of what is under the snow. <laughs> That's awesome. What snow monsters have I offended? Uh, so great stuff. I, and I just, I really love the design of the Frico bikes. I looked it up. Uh, that's what they're yeah. called. And they're super cool. Uh, in that great contrast between them and the Narglatches. Um, we did the that Beasts of Burden episode a while back, kind of deep diving into all these different kind of creatures. Uh, and there's so many. Uh, I kind of forgot about how awesome the Narglatches are, that they're great design just be kind of a different beast of burden. But I love how 
kind of scary they are, right? They're so fast and they look so ferocious. And I think it, it really sells Rex being like, oh, geez, <laughs> I, I don't want to fire, but I have to fire back because yeah. these talls are warriors who know their environment and they are on top of these creatures that they are entirely in sync with. And that creature looks like it could kill me uh, if it gave me a nasty look, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they reminded me, you got the, what is it, the, the war riders in, in Game, uh, not Game of Thrones, I'm just saying Game of Thrones, Lord of Rings, you know, uh, vicious. And, and they're always kind of connected to the bad side. And to have the, the Talls have these kind of scary, intimidating creatures that they ride but their 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 use is maybe heroic a little bit in this episode maybe a lot of it uh i like that i'm glad you brought that up I thought yeah that yeah so that, i think all those shots were my favorite and then the snow bridge collapse i felt really bad liking it because i was so sad for those clones who were just at that point in the episode clearly oh. clearly dying for no reason but you know what snow bridges collapse <laughs> <laughs> these things happen it's a good life lesson uh how about comedy or moments of whimsy or weirdness did you have any favorites there I like Obi-Wan being hugged uh, when, when they're going for the negotiation. Um, <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, but I, I, it, it, when, he, when he says, uh, and they're like, oh, footprints. And Obi-Wan's just like, have one of your men make a cast. I'm like, wait a minute. Are the clones traveling Bigfoot hunters? Like, they could just do a cast right there of a, a footprint. This is amazing. And I, I, I really love that. Really love yeah, that. Yeah, it is such a, yeah, CSI clones uh, episode. We're like, what, <laughs> what all equipment are they carrying? That Obi-Wan's just barking this. Yeah, stuff. it's in that pack. Uh, this, this goes uh, along with the, uh, grown up in Minnesota. I love when they first, uh, come out of the ship, the gunship and Obi-Wan says, and this is the planet's tropical zone. It's just a great kind of having whimsy. Also, maybe just a little grumpy of like, great snow yeah. planet. Yeah. Awesome. A <laughs> little bit of sarcasm from Obi-Wan. Uh, I really, it's dark comedy for me, but after Everything that Chairman Cho has done after he has been offered to stand down multiple times and then he gets he threatens to wipe them all out and then he gets hit in the back uh, with that spear and then says savages right after getting hit in the back by the consequences of his own actions. It's just <laughs> it's the point of the episode, but it is so on the nose is to be really darkly funny to me of like who's the savage who caused this how avoidable was that sharp thing in your back dude yeah 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 uh last moment of comedy or wins me for me of you know i like the light little bit of uh obi-wan and anakin banter as they're going there about obi-wan going like don't pull out your lightsaber i can just reach his it right away and they're kind of teasing about you should have brought 3po and uh you know anakin just immediately drawing a peace picture and that the peace picture is just like two people shaking hands <laughs> like bulbous ghostly <laughs> cast for the friendly ghost abominable snowman looking i love it i want to frame that on my wall yeah i really really love it of just like his, his skills as the chosen one are endless they include also uh art artwork to communicate peace all right, we've gotten to, I think, the most important part of this episode, which is uh, connections to other canon and lore, because, of course, we get to discuss all the Jedi winter weather gear. Uh, what did you like when it comes to uh, other connections to canon? Uh, I liked, let's see, um, uh, and Anakin uses this most impressive, right? Which yes. you, you've been tracking the... Uh, Hey, that's a line I know from in season one of Clone Wars, right? Yep. And, and this is definitely one of them. But I, I do like it, and, and he says that other times too. 
you know, you and I always joke the four center drinking games. Well said, uh, I'll say absolutely a lot at the end. I kind of, you know, we, we have our little go-to phrases. So if I suddenly was to become a Sith Lord, I might say, absolutely. And that would, have, you know, I'd be like, oh, I remember when you used to say that a lot on a podcast. Um, and so I, I, I do like that one. That one to me goes a little deeper than just, uh, hey, it's a reference to a movie I liked. Yeah. And I think the fact for me that it wasn't the exact phrasing of impressive, most impressive, you know, it's just like most impressive. Yeah. They really yeah. track for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I Right along with that, I really liked Obi-Wan saying, now is the time. It's always been one of my favorite line readings from Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so that yeah. was fun to hear Obi-Wan again. Because yeah, I think that I, you're really uh, you're hitting on something. So well said. Take a shot. Of <laughs> Sometimes they come off as meta. They come off as the character said the line that we all know and love. And other times it just feels like that's the way the character talks. That's the kind of phraseology they would use. And now is the time. I feel like Obi-Wan says that in important moments about, you know, battles or or stepping up to the plate and taking responsibility and i think he probably says that to dexter of like <laughs> dexter's like you want another drink now is the time <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's character stuff it's character work and, I, and I, I love that yeah yeah uh a couple other things for me uh just great to see uh another cantina alien kind of getting getting the mm. full treatment um in this uh big on-screen way of the talls uh, I looked up Muftak as the it's there's so much uh, emphasis in this episode that the Talls are native to that to Ordo Plutunia and they probably don't have the technology to leave. And I looked up Muftak's Wikipedia and he was mysteriously dropped off uh, on Tatooine, which is why he's not hanging out with his uh, other Talls. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Um, mm-hmm. I also just like that the Pantorans were a fun uh, you know, cameo basically in mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith in that this is one of the, you know, f- the first season of the Clone Wars going through who are characters or species or cultures just in the background. Who do we want to highlight? And that this episode is not just taking the background, these background aliens and, you know, uh, filling out their culture and making them important. This episode is like, it's the ascendancy of Lucas, right? It's the ascendancy of Papanoida, yeah. Chairman Chow has to die so there can be a chairman papanoida right yeah, he is he is the next chair uh, chairman that was one of my canon connections too of uh this is what's comes next and and, and papanoida uh, you know is in future episodes and they flash back to Cho. i do believe uh can't wait to get to those ones so, yeah and i like yeah because it, it you know you, you got two you got the uh, a cantina creature move talk so that's just kind of fun but now you're adding you are expanding the scope of some of these characters in the prequels i, I like that it, that works well that works well for me yeah what other uh lore connections do you have um, so we did mention, uh, and I'll get the quote more right this time. This war is about a failure to listen from Padme. I mean, that, that is a, that's connections, connection to that moment. It makes that moment even more important. It makes uh, Padme's insight to me, uh, even in Revenge of the Sith, a movie that, uh, doesn't necessarily do Padme 100% correctly. Uh, it does kind of show her, her insight or point of view, uh, is it, pretty solid and, and pretty important to the big Star Wars pic- picture. Um, uh, there is, uh, the idea of, uh, Obi-Wan is the negotiator, the negotiator. Mm. And, uh, they actually say this, uh, you know, Hey, Obi-Wan, can you go negotiate? So he's got some skills. He's got, it's on his resume. <laughs> oh, this will day be a day long remembered that you found some Obi-Wan nuance that, uh, that I did not focus on. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I, I love that you're pointing that out about, uh, Padme too. And it goes to, I think the bigger picture of the tragedy of the clone wars and the, uh, the horrible success of Darth Sidious's plan if Padme 
and, and there'll be other episodes of this coming up uh, in Clone Wars, but if Padme and uh, Senator Chuchi and other people like them had been successful, uh, successfully been uh, allowed to uh, have diplomacy, to listen, to talk, eventually I think a lot of separatists would go like, hey, wait, <laughs> yeah. uh, this thing we're involved in isn't right, you know, and, and that's uh, all of the groundwork for that and all those connections are being being uh, laid that, you know, if we'd listened to all these young politicians, uh, the Clone Wars maybe could have been averted or ended peacefully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the o- other two other things for me is just the um, it was powerful. It's always been a cool visual, but to see the clone helmets on spikes in the snow uh, mm-hmm. was extra powerful now that that is, you know, uh, an image that appears again very powerfully in the Clone Wars. And uh, Floney really loves this because Mandalorian 2, we got helmets, spikes. <laughs> <laughs> helmets and spikes, two great things that go great together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then to me, the, the biggest thing of all of it is just all of this Hoth stuff, the, the you know, to see the clone troopers in uh, sort of snow trooper gear, all that Jedi winter weather stuff is just, yeah, it's so cool. Uh, and I love uh, seeing those, uh, that that's just a fashion in the galaxy for winter yeah. weather gear. And I love the prominent uh, Jedi symbol. Uh, and I really love that Rex has this different set of armor for this different environment but he also took the time to be like, oh, I got to paint my Rex stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, we got some Imperial Snowtrooper kind of designs showing up here, right? And and uh, uh, that I love that. I love uh, I love the clones. The individuality the clones are able to find in something so standard issue, and that includes them. It, it, it's always a theme that uh, pops up in these episodes, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned? No, I, I going back to when it originally popped up, and it clearly had some affinity for it because of the jackets, which is uh, interesting. But uh, I think I was, I mean, I'm quite, I, it's like I'm quite there. The, the, what I'm questioning is myself. Back in the day, of uh, I just I, I didn't gravitate to a lot of the episodes that had quote weird creatures, even though this was a cantina creature. Even though I knew George Lucas was one of those, you know, I didn't know, you know, back in the day, didn't pay attention too much um, to those minor minor details. Um, and I, I, I'm questioning myself as to why, why did I just want to see droids fighting clone troopers? Is that what I really wanted? I don't know. And that's been part of the fun of rewatching these episodes is at the start of it, press and play on Disney plus in 2020 going, Oh yeah, I remember this episode. It wasn't, I don't think it was one of my favorites. And then the episode finishes and I'm like, I don't know what about that wasn't good for me. <laughs> it's so it's been a great journey, and it's nothing about this episode, just questioning myself back in the day. Yeah. Did you have that reaction when you first saw the Talls, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's a Cantina alien? Did you have any sort of knee-jerk reaction of, like, stop revisiting old stuff, stop recontextualizing stuff from the original trilogy? What, not, not necessarily. I got it. But I, you know what I think? It, it just hit me, maybe, as you're describing it, because I'm not going that direction with it. I'm just going, I think I went back uh, back in the day of, what does this have to do with the story I know and love already? And even mm. then having maybe a secret, more quieter appreciation, definitely for Revenge of the Sith and for the prequels overall, but going, just get to the good stuff, so to speak. <laughs> ignite those lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. Seriously. Yeah. Ignite it. I don't need these, you know, creatures high on, a, on a, you know, scary wolves here. I don't need that. I need the Star Wars story. And then... Now looking back, and, and even not now, but even over the last few years, um, 
doing a big rewatch, you know, I think about 2015, I went through all of it again, just like going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a bigger connective thread at play that I just was skipping over, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm right there with you that these episodes are really, they're really solid by themselves. And, uh, you know, the morals are often like really clear, uh, which is, you know, helped by the fact that the episode begins with a moral. <laughs> yeah. So I think sometimes you can be like, yep, this one's about, you know, violence is bad. Try not to do it. Great. And yeah. I think that is, that is great. But when you start to put it in the whole larger, you know, political context of the Clone Wars and the uh, Jedi uh, attempt to, you know, prosecute this war, but also uh, stay true to their ideals, each of these episodes become more and more rich when you imagine, oh, well, Senator Chuchi and Senator Padme, they are, you know, working together and they have similar goals and, you know, all that stuff. It just really uh, becomes more and more rich. And I think I really enjoyed this episode when I first watched it. But, you know, it's fun to get to this point for me where it's like it's an episode where Obi-Wan and Anakin come off as heroes doing great and they didn't ignite their lightsabers. And I'm like, Mm. What a weird thing for me to go like as a great episode of Star Wars. Do you know why the Jedi didn't ignite their lightsabers? Because philosophically, that's the hope that they don't have to. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Actually, what you just said. That's huge. Yeah. We like, want to is... ignite them. Ignite the green. The point is to not. <laughs> yeah. The point is like, hey, don't Anakin, don't just go right to the lightsaber. Instead, uh, literally go to the drawing board, dude works out so well um i got lost in a tangent about how much i liked it instead of uh talking about right. anything i disliked your question you know i i had a question in the middle that by the time it was done was resolved for me of wondering if we needed more about why chairman cho was so arrogant so mm -hmm. rigid so kind of vile in his treatment in outlook of the tolls uh but i think really just that that few speeches about like i have seen many battles and mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you've you have and you can't see anything outside that frame. I think I, I came around to like not needing a deep or specific motivation for him, but rather appreciating that really light touch of just saying, hey, you know, there are people like this who have had legitimate experiences, but then they become so affected by them that they aren't open to a, a different viewpoint. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately more powerful than learning you know the talls killed his dad you know right right at, at, at the battle of 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 Tall's city yeah yeah absolutely i, I yeah. agree i agree and sometimes yeah we want those sometimes that and that information can come and it's and great and exciting and it's fun but yeah the answer is right there on the board so yeah i agree with you anything that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on i mean not for nothing but 3po is pretty important <laughs> He's he's there for some key moments, and I love uh, when three PO gets a little bit of uh, do, uh, even to just them going, oh, we should have brought three PO. I like, yeah, that. yeah, you're right. I mean, this is a this is a pretty great episode where usually when three PO and R two are in an episode, uh, R two does the heavy list lifting of actually helping people out, and three PO is the one who's really important in, in this episode. Is great. Yeah, I mean, because R2's got some stuff here. And I also, I love the connection of, you know, R2 wants to get out of the cold, you know, and it's... Yeah, you know, and putting up the sensors, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a, a, a 3PO shines moment. Yeah, yeah. And that just that great moment of uh, of him him calling him Master Annie, too, is fun. And, and, yeah. and being like, in, we don't have time for you to uh, say how scared you are, 3PO. Go do this, period. It's, yeah. Just such great energy. 
Uh, as we begin to wrap up, we head into some of our fun questions. If you could have an action figure of any character from this episode, who do you want? I mean, I think we need a hugging uh, towels uh, plush figure that just hugs <laughs> uh, when a Jedi is near. But also, I do want an official, I mean, maybe even a Black Series six inch to scale, Thin Sen, uh, excuse me, Thysen riding an Arglatch. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be great. Uh, I did look up. There is a Thysen action figure. They made so many great action figures of these early episodes. So I'm tempted to just say, oh, I want to buy that. I also looked up Snowtrooper Rex. Uh, I saw there's a video of a custom one. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, but the I think the fun one that I would want is uh, a Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker with art materials. And you can draw on his little pad and then you can erase it and draw other little pictures. I like that. Yeah. A little Anakin art set. Yeah. Yeah. And you can draw a little portrait of Padme and have him stare at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up then uh, for us, if you want to keep up with watching the Clone Wars, is a two-parter, Blue Shadow Virus, Season 1, Episode 17, and Mystery of a Thousand Moons, Season 1, Episode 18. There's some fun, weird stuff coming our way. Ken, we are going to wrap up, as we always do, with our moral. What should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? No matter what the path is in front of you, bring a jacket. <laughs> always bring your Hoth winter weather gear is a great moral, uh, good practical advice and just, you know, emotionally, philosophically uh, important too. Ken, do you want to know, uh, let people know uh, where, <laughs> where people can find us? <laughs> I absolutely do. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center to join the conversation. Like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. We are on Instagram and YouTube. Subscribe over there. You can find us on uh, Anchor, but also iHeartMedia, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a whole bunch of other places. You can go get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash center and support us directly at uh, patreon.com slash center or even support the podcast here directly on Anchor if you want. Or as we always say, a good way to support the show is just tell a friend about Center. Oh, we got our own things going on, too. That's right. We got our own things going on. You can go to KenEpic.com uh, for information on all the things I do outside the Star Wars world. Uh, you, Joseph? Yeah, you can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com for all my other comedy adventures. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. But for now, for Thysen, son of sons, for myself, for Ken, and of course, for Anakin Skywalker and Hoth winter weather gear and drawing board, this has been the Clone Wars Report.